Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash voices in my head. That's audibletrial.com slash voices in my head. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial.com slash voices in my head. Give it a try today. Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is your source for discussions on music, literature, movies, pop culture, theology, and more. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of the Voices in My Head podcast. And don't forget to let the voices in your head be heard by following me on Twitter at Rick Lee James and sharing your thoughts about today's show. My guest today on Voices in My Head is R&B singer Brian Owens. His music has been compared to legendary artists like Marvin Gaye, Otis Redding, and the Reverend Al Green. Brian has been featured on The Ellen DeGeneres Show, Entertainment Tonight, and Fox and Friends, among others. Aside from making incredible music with Grammy Award-winning artists like Michael McDonald, Brian is also an Air Force veteran, a husband, a father, and a man of faith who provides leadership development for urban youth in his hometown of Ferguson, Missouri, through Life Arts Incorporated. Brian's original music is full of messages that are encouraging, thought-provoking, and touching, with subjects that range from social awareness to family life. His latest album, Soul of Cash, is a cover album of songs made famous by Johnny Cash. But unlike most cover albums, Soul of Cash reimagines the Man of Black's music, giving it an R&B feel that makes it feel fresh and original. Filled with guest appearances by artists like Robert Randolph, the Deacons of Soul, Rissy Palmer, and Dylan McDonald, just to name a few, Soul of Cash breathes new life and emotion into the songs of Johnny Cash for a new generation. Brian Owens, it is my great pleasure to welcome you today as my featured guest on the Voices in My Head podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Rick. How you doing this morning, brother? I am doing great, and I I got to be honest with you. I love your album so much. I almost have butterflies today, and that doesn't happen to me often. Talking with, <laughs> <laughs> to me. I mean, honestly, the music is so good, and you've done a, such a, a great job with so many songs that are so iconic, and you make them feel new and it's almost like i haven't even heard the songs before and so i'm really excited to get to to share a little bits of it uh, throughout the show today and just to talk more about this music but you have done an excellent excellent job so first off congratulations and well done thank you sir i appreciate that yeah and and listeners of voices in my head you'll be interested to know and and brian you might be interested to know too i'm going to end the podcast today um with actually um a surprise a speech delivered by Johnny Cash in 1993. I found a short speech online that actually has some relevance to our conversation today uh, because he answers a question from the audience about his own influence through soul music and gospel and things like that. So I think it'll be a fun way to close our conversation today on the podcast. Oh, wow. Um, so, so the question I want to get started with first with you is, uh, people obviously don't think of, when they think of great R&B musicians, they don't automatically go... Johnny Cash, you know, they think of Johnny Cash for many reasons, but I'm going to ask you the first question today just being, for you, why Johnny Cash? 
I guess my response these days is why not Johnny Cash? <laughs> it's, um, I think that, you know, we, we tend to take a narrow view of most things as human beings and music is no exception. And I think when we expand our minds and get beyond labels, music in and of itself, um, I don't know that genre is really a mechanism of music. I think it's more a mechanism of industry. Um, I think that it's a way for record labels and um, just us as human beings to say this is different than this. And to some extent, I get that. When it comes to the idea of soul, though, I'm, I'm not so sure that it can be limited to just a genre. Like to me, soul is a, is a means and or method of interpretation. So you can be a soul singer or a soul interpreter in any genre because it's a means by which you interpret. So Pavarotti, the first time I heard Nessun Dorma, I was like, yeah, that's soul music. Yeah. Right. So Johnny Cash to me fits that same mold. It's like the place where he sung and wrote music from. Um, makes it soul music. Mm. Well, and you know, it's interesting as I was going through some old audio files of interviews with Johnny Cash, even getting ready for this interview, he talks about growing up and being in Arkansas and listening to radio stations. And he said at that time, it said you really didn't have country stations or rock stations or blues stations or anything like that. He said it was just all music at that point. So he heard a, a wide variety of music. So I think it's so appropriate that you mentioned that about you know the soul of the music that's there because I think probably the way he approached music was very much like that. It wasn't so much like how country does this have to be and uh, especially towards the end of his life when he was recording music by the Nine Inch Nails or Tom Petty or a, a wide variety of people it was obvious that it didn't have to be any one particular style so that's pretty great uh, now can you remember your first experience listening to Johnny Cash I can I mean I think the, the first time I heard his voice that I remember was on an episode of Columbo <laughs> and he wasn't singing one of his songs he was singing a Hank Williams tune I saw the light he was playing the televangelist mm. um, and that's the first time I remember it and after that, I think it was, you know, I'm sure there was a time where I did hear it, but I didn't really like hear, hear his music, like pay attention, pay attention mm -hmm. until I saw the mu the, the movie uh, Walk the Line. Mm. And for whatever reason, that movie became a gateway for me to get to, to delve deeper. Hmm. Very yeah. interesting. So then that's another unique thing because most people wouldn't probably say Columbo was their first time to hear Johnny Cash. So that's yeah, my dad, my dad was a Columbo guy. <laughs> Peter so. Falk, man, wow. Yeah. I, yeah. Who would have thought the lines would intersect in that way? That's interesting. So do you personally have a favorite track on the album? I know it's probably hard to find, but is there one that, that means a lot to you uh, on the album that you would say, yeah, that's my track? Um, man, it's hard. It's hard to pick one. Um, I would say that Cry, Cry, Cries, you know, is one of my favorite tracks. Mm. I would say Folsom Prison is one of my favorite tracks. Mm. And I would, 
Long Black Veil is also Long Black Veil is that is probably for me the purest track because of the way because of the way we recorded it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's really on this whole record, there's really no editing in, on the vocal. Um, maybe with the exception of I think Folsom and Folsom and Cry Cry Cry. I was I was able to do some 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 edit some vocal stuff mm-hmm. in terms of edit wise and uh, Soul of My Country because I did I didn't I didn't do those um, in our Nashville sessions mm-hmm. which were very much you get you play it and you get what you get um, but on all the rest of the songs the vocal that you hear is the vocal that I sang mm. um, so. In Long Black Veil, we were all in the same room um, singing that song. I actually have a video of that. I need to post it. Wow. That would be great to see. And, and you know, that song in particular, Long Black Veil, uh, I mean, that song almost makes me cry the way you sing it. I mean, it's such a mournful song anyway. And then you find all the details of the song. And, and all the songs on the album, one thing I've been telling people that I've been talking to this album about is I said, you know what? It makes me hear things in the Johnny Cash songs that I didn't hear before. Because sometimes um, th- there was a sense in which some of the music, uh, although a lot of it I really love, a lot of it does have sort of a feel like kind of a that train track sort of a boom, chicka boom, chicka boom, chicka boom, you know, sound to it. And, yeah. and sometimes just because of... You know, hearing it in that context, I don't always pay attention to the lyrics as closely as I would. And what I think you have done for this music is you made me personally stop and really hear the words that Cash was singing in those records. I mean, and and some of them, like Long Black Veil, I mean, it's it just tears your heart out. And the way you sing it, it just... I mean, it sounds so effortlessly the way you do it, but I I, I know it's it's just an incredible uh, talent that you brought to it. But even like um, Folsom Prison Blues, where you have that famous guitar lick, and the way that you decided to interpret that vocally and and singing it out and the background vocals, the way they're singing, it's just beautiful the way that you edited it all together. And I think what makes this album unique to me is is not just that it's amazing songs but you've reinterpreted and reworked them in such a way that um, they're recognizable but they sound like something completely original it's almost like you're stepping back and and hearing a a, a great old Motown record or something the way that they're played and uh, and you have just done an amazing job with that did did you produce this album yourself or did you work with a producer on it or um i did for the most part i worked with daru jones who is a drummer out of nashville who played with jack white Hmm. um on a on a track but for the most part yeah um i did produce it that said um there's wisdom in the multitude of counselors so (laughs) so you know i have i always have unofficial producers and folks who work on records with me um most notably you know um dwayne lundy Mm. who uh did um some of the well who, who mixed the album was one of the mixing engineers on the record and uh, did some recording of the vocals on Folsom and on, uh, I believe, Folsom and Cry Cry Cry. Mm. Did, did a lot of those 
vocals with him out of Lexington, Kentucky, Shangri-La. Like, I depend on him a lot in this kind of like two-person process that we've developed because he worked on my other album too extensively, uh, Soul Ferguson. Mm. So I depend on him a lot. And um, another friend, Lee Carroll, who is also down in Lexington, who plays on the record as well. But just having people like that, uh, Luke Aarons, was a good friend of mine who did some did some engineering on the record you know when you're in that room and it's just you and an engineer mm-hmm. um you know they I, I i listen to them much better than much better than i used to mm. I, I i listen and i ask questions and you know um it was the part of this for me that i really enjoyed was the process mm. um just I, I use the phrase wrestling with my own creativity, um, going back and forth with myself. You know, the songs like Folsom or Cry Cry Cry. You know, they weren't going to be on the record. Hmm. Wow. Be- because I I recorded them and didn't like the recording, and it was like I go back and listen to it, and it's like no, there's something about it that's special and. It's like, nah, I don't know. It just doesn't fit. And then your creativity says, no, just put, just do this. Just, 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 just wait till you put the horns on it. Okay. Just wait till you get the vocal right and then make a decision or just, just get this person to play guitar on over this and, and, and see what, what, what it feels like. Mm. And just that back and forth. I mean, it, it, it really, this album really grew me as a producer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's really, uh, I don't know how else to say, but it's a unique sound, and you can tell that that collaboration, you, you were very wise to, to pick some awesome people to play with and and, and to produce with, uh, and I, it feels so different to me, and I've been telling uh, a lot of fellow musicians, you know, this is my favorite album I've heard in, in 2017. I mean, it really is. It's been kind of on loop around my house. I'll walk around my church playing it when I'm in the office. I'll walk around uh, playing it in the car, and, and uh, I, I don't think anybody's gotten sick of it yet. I think it's been... <laughs> cool, much, that's as, a good thing. Yeah, that's as much thing. as you play it, you know you got a good album on your hands. And I think it speaks to the quality of songs, too, that they can be... Uh, interpret in a multitude of different ways like this too because Johnny Cash he did them one way and he made the songs great but then you do them in a completely other way and it doesn't lose a, a thing in the translation in some ways I think it even makes it better um, I'm going to share a quote real quick from Johnny Cash and then I want to talk about one of my favorite songs on the album um, Johnny Cash was a man of extremes, uh, and, and he would tell you himself he was both part saint and part sinner in his life. And this is a quote from Johnny Cash. He said, Sometimes I am two people. Johnny is the nice one. Cash causes all the trouble. They fight, <laughs> is what he says. And I think you hear a lot of that in the music that he has. One of my favorite Johnny Cash songs has always been uh, the song he recorded by Chris Christopherson, Sunday Morning Coming Down. Oh, yeah. And your arrangement on here featuring Austin Grim Smith, uh, it's it's a powerful arrangement. And one thing that I'll tell you what I think is powerful about the song, and, and maybe my interpretation isn't right, but the song to me 
um, describes the loneliness of a person that has has been running from God in many ways. And again, I don't know that that's the correct interpretation, but knowing what I know about Chris Christopherson, you know, he's the son of a preacher and he's a person that kind of went off the deep end and, and went, you know, deep into drugs and went in the other way. And you hear this song about him sort of singing about something in his past that he's missing, and it happens to be on Sunday morning when he's coming down off of this high. And I, I, I can't think of um, lyrics that speak more maybe to a person that is is kind of limping between two worlds you know and and the way that he sings out um you know looking for his cleanest dirty shirt and you know just lines like that that are yeah. so powerful um I, I wonder how that song hits you when you hear it uh, sunday morning coming down because i know what it means to me I, I just love to hear another artist interpretation of it first of all did you say chris christopherson was the son of a preacher he was the son of a preacher yeah that's right I did not know that. Yeah, it's interesting because he he actually has a few gospel songs that he wrote, and uh, they were based off of his uh, his influence in life growing up in the church. Well, that's to me that's every any well people in country and soul music we come from the same place. Man. That's that's for sure. Um, but what's interesting is that when I when I heard Sunday morning coming down. Initially, I just liked the song and the lyric because I thought it was ingenious. Right, mm -hmm. some of the the lines in that song, like "my cleanest dirty shirt." Right. <laughs> you know. The beer um, I had for breakfast. Breakfast wasn't, wasn't bad. bad, so I had one more for dessert. <laughs> um, but then you know, the more I heard that song, I was like, "Dude, that's my father's. That's my father's testimony." Mm. Who's a, who's an, a, a preacher and an elder in the church? Um, now, but, you know, I remember being, you know, young teen, my early teens and hearing him preach and talk about where he used to be mm -hmm. and how God can transform your life and finding out all kind of stuff about him that I had no clue about. Mm. And, um, drinking was one of those things. And it's just so interesting to me, you know, like, he would say, you know, he'd say stuff like he would, you know, wake up in the morning, get a beer, drink it to half, and then mix it with something else. Mm. And then when I, so when I think about Sunday morning coming down, I was like, dude, this is like my dad's song. Wow. This is his testimony. Oh, you know? Man. So I guess, so I guess, I guess if that's the first half of it, then, you know, he has several other things that Johnny Cash covered that would be. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the other side of that, yeah, you know, like gospel stuff, man. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. And you know, it's it's interesting too when you talk to a bunch of different people about Johnny Cash. They'll remember a lot of different things, and maybe because I approach life as a person of faith, I, I hear a lot of things and I hear faith in it, even if it's not. Um, explicit at times but the interesting thing about Johnny and again just going back and listening to old interviews and things um, he was somebody who understood where he had been I think and I think he talked a lot about it, like maybe just even in the story you were just saying about your dad um, he was a person that knew what it was uh, to be really low in life and a person that knew what grace was and he always talked about um, especially towards the end of, the, of his life he would talk about God's hand being on him and he said my mom would always tell me 
the God's hand was on me throughout my whole life. And it was interesting to hear um, this kind of the ways that that would inform the artistic choices he would make. And so I want to bring this back around to you and, and ask you in sort of a similar vein, what role does faith play in the art that you create? I mean, I don't know that it plays just a part. It, it like it's the very epicenter. Mm. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, it's like I don't know, man. It's hard to explain. Like I don't, I don't see one without the other. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see me being able to create art outside of my faith. Like it's, it's, I could, but I don't know that. I definitely wouldn't be doing it in a way that I'm doing it now. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I, pe- people people are shocked, but I, when I say stuff like music is not the most important thing in my life, mm. and it can never be the most important thing in my life. Mm. Um, you know, my faith is the most important thing to me. My family is, is second to that. And then there's probably a third and a fourth <laughs> before we even get to, oh yeah, and then there's music. Yeah. And I love music, but it, but but music is subservient. Sure. You know, so. Well, and it's, it's good to hear you say that too, because I think similar to what you said earlier about you know, style being something that is good for record companies, but for artists, it, it kind of confines in some ways. And I think we're really, um, we tend to label things a lot, and we especially tend to label music, like, you know, with, with like Christian music being one genre to itself, and then there's all the other genres and things. Um, it's it's nice when you come across artists that feel like it's it's in all and through all. It doesn't have to be necessarily a gospel song to be a person of faith that's singing this thing, you know. And and I think that's wonderful. And and as I've read up about you a little bit more and tried to learn more about you before this interview, um, I see that you are very involved in your community and and you're living in Ferguson, right? Correct. And it's it looks like you're doing some amazing work um, with with local youth in your community and uh, if, if I'm not mistaken the organization that you're you have started it's it's called um, love arts I believe did I am I no correct? life so life arts. L- life arts I'm sorry yeah. I meant to make a note of that and I was like doggone it I oh no I oh no forget something. I'll give you no I'll give you the acronym and what it stands for you'll never forget it okay so for life for us is so the L is leadership mm-hmm. the I is innovation the F is faith, mm-hmm. and then the E is excellence. Mm. So that's those are the kind of the four pillars, the four walls of this house that we're that we're building. And um, someone said this, and it is so true. You know, if you take the if you take the F out of life, what are you left with? Lie. Wow. And that's how we. So so that goes back to the question when you say. You know what part does faith play? Mm-hmm. Without it, it's just a lie. You know everything. So, um, you know our goal is to, you know, develop use use the use arts and technology and whatever to develop leaders. Yeah. Um, to now to the outside world, it just sounds like leadership development, which is basically code for disciple making. Mm. Because I'm not just making leaders, you know, in general, very specifically, making leaders who have a gospel-centered worldview. Hmm. 
Man. So, that yeah. Is, that's, and that's powerful. I'm so glad that you are uh, involved in your community in that way. And, and it just seems like that is in all and through all with you, too, that without being a part of your community, you don't it doesn't seem like you would be complete as an artist or as a person without doing that and and you've got i think six children i was reading about so you're a busy guy you you could just you know stay home and devote life to your family and and work hard with your music but you're so active in your community and investing in the lives of others and that brings me around to i want to talk about your album prior to this a little bit too because i've been enjoying listening to that too i haven't listened to it quite as much as soul of cash yet um, but being that you are uh, from Ferguson, and what a lot of the country, all that we know about Ferguson is uh, the events that happened there. Um, gosh, was it was it two years ago now, or last, three? Uh, three years ago. My goodness, how time flies. Yeah. Um, but like many communities, you know, I live in Springfield, Ohio, and you know, we were dubbed in I think 2013 as the saddest city in America, and there's there's all these different labels that we want to put on places. And, and yet there's so much more than just that. And one song that I love on Soul of Ferguson is the song, I believe it's called Prayers for My Children or Prayer for My Children. I, again, I didn't yeah. know it and I should have. Man, what a great song. Is And it's an original one, right? Well, everything everything on that album is original. Yeah, I was thinking that was the case. Yeah. And it's it's written so well. And, and talk about another one that just brings tears to my eyes. And I, I was wondering, is that a song that you wrote um, in the aftermath and with the events that happened in Ferguson in mind as something for your children that, that you were praying for them? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Because, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely the Father's heart, you know. I can see that shining out of you as you sing those lyrics. And uh, you're... Um, there's just something so unique about the way that whether you're doing a cover song or whether you're doing your own originals, um, it's it's just profound and it makes you stop and listen. And I, I think we're going to be, um, I think we're going to see a lot of people inspired in new generations by the kind of work that you're doing, not only with your art, but with what you're doing in your community and what you're doing with your life. So I'm so glad to see artists like you in the world that are using your creativity to better the world and and not just as a method to, to get rich or something, you know, as so many people do. Well, um, that's the purpose of it, right? I mean, I, I think I think sometimes we, too often we waste, we waste the favor of God on ourselves. Yeah. It's like favor is not for you. It's for the mission. Favor is not for you. It's for the purpose that he's given. Favor has absolutely nothing to do with you, right? Favor, favor is a tool that God, that God loans to you, sure, for his so that his purpose can be brought through your life. And yeah, you may get the you may get the residual benefit, right? You may you may you may get to experience um, some amazing things because of it. But your experience of amazing things is not the reason for it. For me, anyway, I don't feel like like that's the that's the purpose of it. And and I feel like you know my family and I have been so blessed by God, and have seen His favor in so many amazing ways. Um, that you know I don't know this keeps you focused on what the main thing is, and what the most important thing is. Like music is a tool. But it's it's not the only tool. Yeah. It's a pretty cool one though. I'll yeah. say that. <laughs> you know, but but when it comes to like 
living the gospel out and sharing with people the love of God and the truth of Christ. Like, I, I think there are many ways you can do that. And, you know, I think there's some songs and some things that you do that are directly linked to, well, everything's linked. The, the goal of everything is, is the glorification of God. That's the goal of everything, mm -hmm. you know, um, through Christ. But, you know, it's how that happens and sometimes is, you know, can be a surprise to us. So when people ask me questions like, well, are you ever going to do a, a, a gospel album? And I go, well, have you listened to the music that I've already done? <laughs> right. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just like, it's like, well, like, and I, I know I understand what they mean. Like, will I do, a, do an, uh, an album that is, you know, that implicit in the record is, you know, me, you know, singing, um, hymns and things like that, which I, I'm not, I'm not saying I won't do that. I'm just saying, you know, just branching out sure. <laughs> and kind of opening our minds and kind of seeing that, you know, well, like prayer for my children is, 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 is a gospel centered song yeah. and for you is a gospel centered song now it may be in a parable but it's still a gospel centered song sure well and it and it doesn't have to be something that is like you know a congregational song in order to be something that speaks of the gospel that's for sure and and you certainly are bringing that in uh, amazing ways and, and in fresh ways and i'm, I'm so glad uh, that i discovered you your music and i'm uh, I'm hoping the whole world will <laughs> discover it uh, because you do a great job. How cool is it to uh, have a, a feature in Rolling Stone? I, that's that's just awesome to get to read about that. That's, I think that's actually the first place I came across your music was the Rolling Stone article. So what was that like? Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it's 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 really cool when you know something you do is recognized by an industry. Um. An industry, you know, mainstay like Rolling Stone is. Um, it's not for me. It's not definitive, sure. and I never want any one thing to be definitive. But it is pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> it is pretty yeah. cool. Well, it's it's nice to have some acknowledgement by peers who appreciate the kind of music you do. It's it's always something that it's like we don't do it for those reasons. Um, but it's it's nice to be uh, affirmed, and, and it's nice to have people who. Uh, do similar things and your peers that that go you know well done you know and so I kind of look at it like that and, and sort of an encouragement and uh, and so I'm I'm just so happy for you and I'm so happy for all the great music that you're making and I'm just going to keep telling people about it as much as I can and hopefully this podcast will be another way that we can get the word out about what you're doing um, the latest album uh, is Soul of Cash. It's an incredibly good album of, of Johnny Cash songs. And I am so grateful that we had a chance this morning to, to talk for a few minutes. And I just, uh, is there anything that I've missed today that you, you're thinking like, well, we really need to talk about this before we hang up? <laughs> no, man, I, I, just, I appreciate you taking the time and appreciate you, you know, even listening to the record. I don't take kind of, you know things for granted like that. Oh. So, well, what a pleasure it has been. Well, Brian Owens, I just want to say thank you for being one of the voices in my head this week. Appreciate it. Thank you, Rick.
That was fun to sit down with Brian Owens and be able to talk a bit about his new record, Soul of Cash. The music you have heard playing underneath our conversation is music from the Soul of Cash album. Check it out. Go buy yourself a copy. You are not going to be disappointed. And if you stream music, stream it on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you get it. But please make sure and check it out. I think you are going to love it. Maybe it'll be your new favorite album of the year, too. Well, as promised, you waited through the end, and here is Johnny Cash himself giving a speech in 1993 at the Glacier Park Lodge in Glacier Park, Montana. This is an audio clip that I discovered online, and it is streamed directly from their servers of the people who own it, which is not me, so Voices in My Head Productions LLC does not own this audio, uh, but I found it online and wanted to be able to share it with you, and I think you are going to enjoy some of the classic cash moments that you're going to hear in this speech. So here you go, 1993, Johnny Cash himself. Thank you for listening to Voices in My Head. I'll be back with you soon. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I was reading the other day, Winston Churchill gave a commencement address in the 40s at a college in England. And it's probably the shortest, but to me the most memorable one I ever heard. It was seven words. It was never, 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 never give up. <laughs> I didn't uh, ever think of giving up when I was young and starting out and trying to get into business I'm in. I never thought I'd do anything else except what I'm doing right now. I'm very fortunate in that. From the time I was a boy working in the cotton fields, picking cotton, plowing it and chopping it, I knew I was going to be, well back then it was someday I'll sing on the radio. You know, There's no television. But we were very poor and I had no idea how I'd ever get to the city and my idea of making it big in the world would be to get to sing on a radio station in Memphis. After I graduated from high school, there was no thought of going to college. There was, I didn't know anybody in my little hometown that ever went to college, and I would have liked to have done that, but uh, I joined the Air Force, was there four years, but really, that's where I groomed the music skills. Almost three years of long, boring days and nights in the Air Force in Germany, away from home, away from my people and loved ones, and I started writing a lot of songs, and I was so determined that when I came out that that's what I would do, that I would be in the music business, that I called all the record companies in the Memphis area, was turned down flat, of course, and then called the radio station, so couldn't get on there, so... I uh, enrolled in the radio announcing school in Memphis and was going five, went five months half time when I finally walked into Sun Records one morning just as the man was coming to work with my guitar in my hand and was auditioned and accepted finally. And I quit the radio announcing school and started doing what I knew I was born to do. God's hand has always been on me, as my mother said. <laughs> I've always felt he was directing me, but I've always been very sure of myself from the time I was 18, what I was going to 
do with my life. Not that you should do that. Maybe you'll be 30 before you know what you're going to do. Uh, Moses was 80. Uh, <laughs> I have really looked forward to being with you young people. And I hope before we leave here Sunday that I will have met every one of you. The ones I've talked to so far since I've been here this afternoon. It's been a joy to talk to you. And I really feed on your exuberance and your energy and your youth. I really appreciate you. And I love to talk to you. And it's nice being in the West. I've got something I want to do before the red light comes on. It's still green. Okay, good. It's still green. I want to do this. When I was a boy, I listened to the radio, and I listened to all kinds of music. There was no bag of country or rock or pop or this or that. The radio stations that I listened to played it all. And one of the things I heard was a cowboy song when I, or a cowboy poem. And when I knew I was coming out here and the theme was Western, I thought this would be very appropriate. I'm going to take you back to about 1937 a poem written by Badger Clark. And you can picture the lonely cowboy out at night, possibly looking up at the stars, just him alone, nobody for miles around, saying, Lord, I've never lived where churches grow. I love creation better as it stood. That day you finished it so long ago and looked upon your work and called it good. I know that others find you in the light that sifted down through tinted window panes, and yet I feel your presence near tonight in this dim starlight here out on the plains. I thank you, Lord, that I'm placed so well, that you've made my freedom so complete, that I'm no slave to whistle, clock, or bell, nor weak-eyed prisoner of wall or street. Just let me live my life as I've begun and give me work that's open to the sky. Make me a partner of the wind and sun, and I won't ask a life that's soft or high. Let me be easy on the man that's down. Let me be square and generous with all. I'm careless sometimes, Lord, when I'm in town, but never let them say I'm mean or small. Make me big and open as the plains, as honest as the horse between my knees, clean as the wind that blows behind the reins, and free as the hawk that circles down the breeze. Forgive me, Lord, if sometimes I forget. You know about the reasons that are hid. You understand the things that gall and fret. You know me better than my mother did. Just keep an eye on all that's done and said, and write me sometimes when I turn aside, and guide me on the long, dim trail ahead that stretches upward toward the great divide. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Before I, I won't take up any of your time. Before I go, I want to introduce my wife, June Carter, my inspiration. My, uh,
My spark plug and my secret weapon. Hi, my name is Kevin Ritz from Memphis, Tennessee. Wait, what's your name? Kevin Ritz from Memphis. Nice to meet you. Nice to see you. And um, I was just wondering, your music has inspired hundreds of musicians, not just in country music, but in all genres, such as rock and roll. And I was just wondering, when you, start, when you started writing songs, who were your inspirations? Well, I lived in, in, in near Memphis. And uh, in that particular part of the country, there's a lot of black gospel and blues. And uh, like I said, they played everything on the radio station there. There was such a mixture of a musical taste in that area. My early heroes were people like Jimmy Rogers and the Carter family, with my wife's uh, mother and her aunt and uncle, uh, and a black gospel singer named Sister Rosetta Tharp, and uh, Mahalia Jackson. These were my my heroes, and. Um, I believe that's, a, that's about it. Okay. Thank you very much, folks. It's nice to see you. Thank you for joining me here this week on the Voices in My Head podcast. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleyjames.com. Follow me on Twitter at rickleyjames. Like my artist page on Facebook at facebook.com slash rickleyjames. And keep up to date on what I'm writing at my author page on amazon.com. Make sure to follow my calendar on the website, and if you would like to have me come to your town to do a concert, a speaking engagement, or a book event, you can book me through my website by clicking on the link for Pair Booking Agency. That's P-A-R-E Booking. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you were to leave me a review of this podcast on iTunes. The more positive reviews that we receive, the more visible this podcast is on the internet. And now the benediction. May the God of peace who raised Christ from the dead strengthen your inner being for every good work. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon you and dwell within you this day and forevermore. Amen.